Our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of St. Matthew. It is from the second chapter, and it is verses 10 through 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. I want to catch these words. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The holiday season brings much happiness to the world. Did you know that? And it's happiness not only for believers, but for unbelievers as well. It's kind of an aura that is cast over our society. Much of it is put out by the media that wants us to spend lots of money and think that that's having a good time. But everybody gets seemingly caught up uh, in the happiness of this season, except when you're driving on the interstate. And... um, and people are, are happy, believers and unbelievers alike. But the happiness of the world will be temporary. There are a lot of uh, unbelievers that are going to be at parties and they're going to drink and think they're having a great time. And then the next uh, morning after throwing their insides out all night, they're going to feel terrible. I challenged one of my church members in Ohio, or my church members in Ohio one year prior to Christmas, and we had some people that were in large corporations in the city of Cleveland. I said, I dare you at the, at the office party to just stand up and say, hey, guys, you know what this is really all about? And then tell them. None of them did it except this one guy. And I said, well, well, Jim, what was it like? He said, it was like dead silence for about 30 seconds, and then they all went back to the vodka. But, but the point is that, that, that the world's joy, listen to what I'm telling you, the world doesn't know joy, it may know happiness, but that happiness will not last. Because you see, any happiness we have that is based upon created things, things made with our hands or, or whatever, wealth or anything material we might say, will not last because those material things are not going to last. Think about your own life. Uh, how many of you guys have just started driving? You know, when I just started driving, I couldn't wait to get my own car. I said, this is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened. I had visions of a, maybe a Mustang convertible or something. And, and uh, well, see, my daddy was a Scotchman, and, uh, and so my visions didn't really relate to his reality. So I ended up with a four-door 1953 Studebaker. <laughs> but I was happy to get it. But, you know, the happiness of that faded as I began to, to spend money on it. And, take, and you know, it's, uh, it's been long gone. And, uh, but, but that's true of everything. You know, everything created, even though we may take happiness in it, we must realize that is not the source of true joy. Today I want to tell you about what true joy is, and, and I think most of you already know it, but, but um, um, the 
true Christian alone has true joy, and that's different than happiness. Happiness will fade. But the true joy of the Christian never fades. You know, it was a hard trip for me this week over to Tennessee. This brother that I'm concerned for, he, he was always so good to me growing up. I was sharing with him at the table about uh, when, when I was in high school. Now, uh, my, my dad was so tight. He, he, you saw you had everything you needed, but he was so, you know, he would squeeze a penny so tight that Lincoln would get a nosebleed. I mean, he was, and so when he bought our clothes, they were good substantial clothes, but style was the least of his concern, and, and I, I used to walk down the hall a lot of times feeling like that the, my, my, I really belonged in the farmer's almanac, you know. But I remember as I started my uh, junior year, my brother at Ardell School, and going to work, and, and I walked in on my bed and looked at my bed, and there was these nice khakis and all these shirts and a nice pair of loafers and and he he was single then most that tells you a lot about him he he went out and and spent his money on me so you know he's he's been such a such a good soul in my life and in everyone's life his wife died with alzheimer's and he was just a miracle worker with him so devoted i've seen a lot of christians that could learn from him in terms of the care of his wife. He, he never put her in a home, and he, he was up around the clock at the last all the time. But it's hard to explain the sorrow I felt as I pushed my chair back in at the kitchen table after having shared as best as I could in my feeble way about the Lord and the importance of receiving him as your Savior. To push that chair and realized that hadn't happened. And it was snowing then. I never, I walked down the little lane to where I was parked. I was sad. And I was hurting. But may I say this? I still had joy. Because I knew the Lord was in control. And I may not always understand it. But I had joy knowing that he shared my concern for my brother. You see, all of us have been through those hard times, haven't we? And we're going to go through some more. Incidentally, if you're a guest here today, this church is different than Joel Olstein's place. We're not going to tell you everything's going to always be rosy. But we're going to tell you there's a God that is powerful enough to carry you through whatever troubles you have. That's the glory, you see. That's the glory. And, uh, and so I want us to focus upon the real joy today. <coughs> These wise men, the scriptures tell us, had traveled from afar. That doesn't mean afar, but that's a way of saying a long way off. And they had traveled there. Some little kids think they were firemen, but, but they had traveled there from a great distance. Following the star, and then, of course, in, 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 in the Orient, the, the arrival of a new star always signifies something great. And, it, and, and among the Persians, who these men were, undoubtedly, it sim- symbolized the birth of a great king. So when they saw that star, they started many months and, and, and headed 
to the, to the place where Jesus lay. He probably wasn't in the manger at that time. He was somewhere else. But, but they followed that star. Now, what does the Bible tell us? They, they bowed down with exceedingly what? Great joy. Because they realized that, that who this person was. I always love the account in the, uh, the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke tells us these shepherds were out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. Do you remember that? You know, in her sadness, Elizabeth and I driving back on, uh, on uh, uh, Wednesday evening, you know, we, that was rough weather. Brian Page said the weather's been so bad for our nativity scene lately, we might ought to plan on doing Noah's Ark next year. But, but, uh, but, uh, and incidentally, I just want to, this is not part of the sermon, I just want to encourage you about the nativity scene. Support it. Be a part of it. In my tenure of ministry here, I know of two people who came to Jesus Christ because of this nativity scene. And that alone makes it worth all the years and effort you put into it, doesn't it? Now, there's a little angel in heaven today, I know for sure, who, who uh, came to Christ through our nativity scene. But, but here we have these shepherds. And as Lisa and I were looking at the clouds, we were just marveling at what God was doing because it was uh, late in the evening as we were coming down through the mountains and, uh, and the clouds were... Some of the most glorious patterns. And there was one time we looked and, and through the darkness of the clouds there, there was a light of the sun coming through. It spoke to my heart that even in the darkness of my life, my Savior was there, you see. So here you have these shepherds out keeping watch of in the stillness of the night. And, you know, we can't appreciate living here how dark, dark can be at night, you know, because we got all these lights and overfleet, you know, and uh, I've got some stray cat goes behind the house every night and turns that uh, uh, sensitive light on, and so you look at it, always light, but, but, you know, we go down to Mississippi, and it's different. There's n- nothing around there, and, uh, and at night, the stars seem close enough to touch. It's just different. Some of you have been in those places. Author, I'm sure if you've been at, at sea fishing at night, there's nothing like the stars out there. They're so close. And so you can imagine these shepherds out in the field. And they're sitting around the fire and just another night with the sheep. And suddenly, the heavens light up and, and here's this heavenly host of angels. And they were scared. I'd be scared too, wouldn't you? You know, that's the thing about the Bible. You read the Bible, you know it's true because it doesn't say. They weren't a bit surprised because they were. No, it, it, the Bible tells you accurately what people do. And they were afraid. And then the angels began to say, behold, don't be afraid. Behold, we bring you good tidings of what? A great what? Joy that has come to all people. My, my brothers and sisters, don't walk away today without remembering that according to the word of God, at the heart of our message about Christmas is the word joy. And it is true joy. 
Because you see, in Christ's coming, he answered the real problem in your life. And he answered the real problem in anyone's life that would turn to him. Because, you see, those Jews that were honest knew that they did not measure up to God's holiness. They did not measure up to the righteousness necessary to see God. And, and, and the holy Jews that knew that, not the Pharisees that were m- pretending about being good, they knew that and they knew that that was a problem. Their sin was a problem. They said the blood of animals cannot substitute for us. It may be symbolic, but it can substitute for our sins. They knew the real problem. And they knew that if salvation come, it, had, it would have to come through a divine act of God. And Jesus' birth was that divine act of God. And it is the true source of joy. I want to, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to tell all of you out here today and, and to know myself that if you have truly given your life to Christ and trust in him as the Lord and Savior, if you belong to him, you have nothing ultimately in life but great blessings and great joy. Oh, yeah, you'll have troubles. But he'll carry you through those troubles. He's going to carry me through this one. I'm going to trust him whatever it goes. And, and so that, that we have come to know because God acted for us in sending his son, we have come to know what real life is about. And we have a joy that will not pass away. And, and you know, um, as I get older, I get a few aches and pains I didn't have before. And, um, and I have uh, seemingly less hair every week. Don't, you guys with full heads of hair, don't, don't laugh at me. <laughs> uh, you've got other issues. But the, but the, th- the thing is that, that, that I know that through all these changes, and even when the great moment of my final illness comes, I know my Savior has saved me. And I know he is going to keep me just like you know that. And that's the joy that came when the Lord sent his son into the world to be born of a virgin, laid him in a manger, grew up, taught us the truth of God and gave his life on the cross and by the power of God was raised from the dead and today he sits at the right hand of God the Father and we know above all that he's coming again. You see, that is joy. When circumstances change, happiness can go away. But the joy from the good news of the gospel has changed everything for you and I. For God has taken away our sins and adopted us as joint heirs with him. If you don't believe that, go read Romans 8, 14. I mean 17. It'll tell you that. That you and I are children of the King of Kings. Think of that. We've been adopted into the very family of God through the gift that came to us in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You were talking about your preacher getting excited. And I'm almost excited enough to shout hallelujah and scare you all to death like he did. But, but, but the richness of God towards us has given us a joy, what? Beyond the world's ability to understand. 
And we're to spread that joy this time. Not the happiness of this season, season's greetings, but the joy of Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. It's all about him. You know, uh, all the, guys, the deacons eat breakfast together a lot of, a lot of Saturday mornings. And, and uh, they all know that I'm stingy because I seldom buy the breakfast. And some of them buy it every week, you know. I mean, anybody knows me knows I, I take a lot after my father, you know. Ask Elizabeth. And uh, she said, said the, you know, she has a tough life. Don't, I mean, you know. Don't but I, <laughs> I didn't ask for anything from the peanut gallery. But the, the, but the, but the we were out eating lunch uh, Monday. Was it what, Monday? No, Friday. Friday, I was. We stopped for lunch at uh, Kane and Walker, K and W, and uh, and I just had my eyes examined at Duke. Brian was lecturing me for driving home with my eyes dilated, but it was a foggy day. You couldn't tell they were dilated, but <laughs> just those three people in the ditch between here and Meb, and they could probably tell it. But but uh, but um, but we sat down to eat, and 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 does the Lord ever put things on you? Does he? We were sitting there eating, and, and there was this gentleman across from me eating by himself. And, and Brian, in spite of what you think, I didn't look to see what he was eating. I said, how expensive it was. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and, and I looked over, and the Lord just kept saying, I want you to buy that man's lunch. And as I said, you know, Lord, th- this may not be from you, uh, you know. And he kept saying, I want you to buy that man's lunch. And so when we finished eating, I walked over and took that little green ticket from his table. He says, oh, you, you, you don't need to do that, et cetera, et cetera. And then the Lord said to me, my friend, and this is what I said to him, I want you to know that the Lord Jesus loves you with all his heart and that he came into the world just for you. Didn't really give me back a response. He was shocked, I think. But I believe with all my heart God was in that. Do you? I believe with all my heart. And I, I believe with all my heart someday I'll see the fruits of that obedience. Do you believe that? You see, as we have joy, we want to spread the real joy, don't we? And it wasn't about me picking up his tab that had nothing to do with it it was about him hearing at the Christmas season if he hears it nowhere else no other time that God loves him because you see that is what is at the heart of our joy isn't it the joy we feel today is that God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son into the world That because we believe in him, we will have everlasting life. You see, that's the joy. 
I don't know what Elizabeth's going to buy me for Christmas. I'm excited. <laughs> but, but even when I get over that excitement, I have joy. Because you see, We know believers, only we believers know this joy. We believers know that the wise men and the angels reminded us that this event of God coming into the world to save us is the ground and basis of all joy. And we rejoice to know that because of faith in him, we have a gift that will never be taken away. But not only will it never be taken away, it will multiply in its beauty and glory in our life. I've been dreaming a lot about heaven lately. There's no light ray incident. I dreamed about heaven the other night and you were there. I really was. And I was told Elizabeth I was dreaming the other night about heaven and and we were up in it looked like the Smoky Mountains, but I knew it wasn't and and there was all my old friends and saints I'd known through my life. You see what I'm talking about? The joy we've received in Jesus Christ will be an everlasting and glorious joy. And you can gain the whole world, but not have that. Have no true joy. We witness to the world by the celebration of Christmas the great joy of this occasion, and the great joy of this occasion is Jesus Christ. That's our joy. And if anyone would know this joy, if there are any here today who don't know it, if you would know this joy, and I can give you not only because the scriptures tell it, because I've experienced it as true in my life. I know my brother Ray has, I know my brother Brian, so many of you we've talked about. We know that joy is real. And if anyone have that joy, there is only one way to have it. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Holy Scriptures tell us, and you shall be saved. And if Christmas doesn't carry that message, we've preached an inadequate message about Christmas. At Oxford University, back when it was a truly Christian school, <coughs> the students and professors would always speak to each other on as they would be leaving. They would not say goodbye but they would say to one another, may you have joy. Our school's fallen a long way, but there was a time. They would say, may you have joy. And the joy of which they spoke was not the joy of the world, but it was that everlasting joy that all who know Jesus Christ 
as Lord and Savior have. So as a pastor who loves you with all his heart, I say to each of you this third Sunday in Advent, may you have joy. Amen.